Thank you. 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 Today on Gratitude Sandwich, we'll be talking with Michelle Lynchard. She's a life coach who helps moms have calmer, more intentional lives. Her signature program, 90 Days to Calm, enables busy moms to take their lives from chaos to calm so they can be more present in their own lives. A big part of being calm and present in life is gratitude. And today, Michelle will share with us some of her own experiences and those of her clients. Michelle is a single mom to two kids, and in her spare time, she can be found sweating it out on her Peloton bike, continually attempting to become good at yoga, which I have something to tell you about becoming good at yoga in a minute. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) And coaching a soccer team of wild nine-year-olds, redecorating her home, and she has also been known to clean and reorganize closets just for fun. Yipes. Aren't I fun? <laughs> You're a blast, man. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> but I do know that you are fun. So people can have be that quirky and still be fun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to share all that you do with my listeners because I know some mom friends and um, students, yoga students who could absolutely benefit from your program. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us about gratitude moving in your life. Oh my goodness. It's such a big part of my life and my journey to becoming a life coach three years ago. I feel like gratitude is basically the basis of everything that I have right now and that I teach my clients about. Um, when I tried to decide if I was going to make this huge change in life all at once, Lori, I think you already know this, but since your listeners don't, I'll tell a little bit of my own backstory, but all at once within a few months time, I decided to quit a corporate job that I'd had for 17 years. That was very lucrative and that I had been doing for a long time. And at that time, I also decided to get divorced, which meant that I was selling the home that we had been living in and moving into a smaller house and renovating it. And then just because I didn't have enough going on, I started my own business and got a puppy. So (laughs) just add puppy to all of that. Oh my gosh. Literally. That's kind of what I thought. Like what, 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 I mean, what else can feel more crazy? Let's just get a puppy. And I'd never had a dog before either ever in my life. So first dog, yes, it was crazy. So at that time, that is obviously a whole lot. And that was within like a couple month period that all of those changes were happening. I've got two kids, a lot of changes for them too. It was very stressful time for our family. And that's when I started getting up every morning before my kids, about an hour before my kids and doing the miracle morning. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not. Okay. Okay. It's a book. It's called the miracle morning and it's a, just a methodology and it has a lot of um, the basic premises that you spend 10 minutes on six different things. So you've got an hour and it's all mindset work, prayer, meditation, and for me, gratitude. So that's when I really started focusing on gratitude. And I started noticing, as you well know, that in any situation you can look around and have gratitude for it. But that really helped me open up to the idea that 
gratitude, there's a big gratitude in my mind and a little gratitude, like a little everyday kind of gratitude. Mm, mm-hmm. The big overarching gratitude was the shift for me from life is happening to me mm-hmm. and then switching to life is happening for me. So if you really believe that you can have gratitude, even in the hardest moments, even if you can't see it yet, just yes. knowing that mm-hmm. something is coming from that. Nice. That's such, it's so interesting how the semantics for our brain, just shifting in semantics, right? Shifting a couple words can change everything. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I, you know, when I was feeling frankly, just totally miserable at that time, I can just remember, I always picture myself wearing this oversized pair of orange sweatpants from Target (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> never pulling myself together, just getting my kids to school and getting back home and just laying on my couch, which is complete opposite of my normal personality. But I was really suffering and thinking to myself now, looking back, if I could find gratitude in my orange sweatpants on the couch when I felt absolutely miserable, I can certainly find it today. You know, it's always there. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great to have a symbol of that time, the orange yes. pants. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think it's funny because at some point along the way, I lost them. I don't know if my best friend who got sick of seeing me in them maybe burned them or if the universe hid them for me, but <laughs> they're gone. My orange yes. sweatpants are gone now. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably a favor. Yes, yes, it probably was. <laughs> And so now where you are today, um, you're still practicing your Miracle Morning or have you shifted that uh, process at all? I still do practice that Miracle Morning and it helps me every day just get my mindset going in the right direction and it helps me get started on the day instead of just waking up and feeling like the day's already gotten ahead of me. It helps me get up and make the choice to have the right mindset, think positive, do my gratitude. Um, sometimes I do meditation, prayer, etc. And then I also use a trick with my clients. I, I do encourage my clients to get up in the morning and do that similar thing, but I use a trick with them where I just ask them in their toughest times to try to think about three things that they're grateful for just right in that moment. And so earlier I was talking about big gratitude and small gratitude. And to me, that's small gratitude where you can look around you at any time and find, you know, things to be grateful for. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so when you are um, living your life now during this pandemic, are you finding any um, anything to be grateful for? Tons to be grateful for. And the fun thing is when I coach my one-on-one clients, when this first happened, you know, we're all in the same boat as you, you and I talked about earlier, you know, different variations of the same boat, Mm -hmm. but everybody was going through this huge change. And so the first thing that I noticed was I meet with my clients every week. So the week before everything really went down, we were just talking about whatever else, you know, whatever part of their coaching we were on. And then that first week that it happened where school was canceled and everyone was working from home and I just felt like the world had a big shift. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed that with every single client, that was suddenly all we were talking about. And the first thing that I had my clients start working on every single one of my one-on-one clients was what this could mean. So the big gratitude to start 
putting on their, you know, opening up their eyes or putting their antennas up on what's my big gratitude? Why is this happening for me? And I know that really irritates some people to say, well, that's because you're not sick or you're not a healthcare worker, et cetera. But I truly believe no matter what the situation, if you look at it with that big gratitude attitude, that there's something in there where you're learning something that can be taken. And so I started to get my clients to think about that right away. And then we also worked on small gratitude. So little things like one of my clients said, I really do like being able to sleep in later than I do on a normal day. When my kids have to get up and go to school, we can just be on a more relaxed schedule, especially since we all wear our pajamas to school and work instead of having to actually commute somewhere. Um, and people having the opportunity I had one client who was just absolutely miserable at her job and then suddenly she got to work from home and her job satisfaction went from a one out of 10 to like a six out of 10. So she, it's not like she fell in love with her job, but she was just so grateful to have that opportunity. So I think all across the board, because I've been working with my clients to help them find their gratitude, it just naturally helps me do the same thing. Yeah. And so when you... Your particular gratitude practice, is it a pretty simple one? Could you explain that for people? Yes, yes. Um, the one that I do in the morning is I just make a list and sometimes I'll say I'm going to think of 10 things that I'm grateful for or I'll just start at the top with the first thing that comes to mind and I write them down. For me, journaling and writing things down is really powerful. Mm. I have some clients who like to do it on their computer or they just like to think about it while they're you know, out for a morning jog or something like that. And then the other thing that I do to fall asleep at night is list all the things that I'm grateful for from that day. Mm. And it's amazing how many things you have every single day, no matter what kind of day you had. True, true. And so I think I remember from a blog post of yours recently, you have a great story that you could tell um, that has some pretty awesome gratitude uh, wrapped all around it. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, gratitude with like a tinge of embarrassment for my, <laughs> for my situation. Oh my gosh. Well, what happened is um, I am currently, we have been uh, staying at my sister's house for about six weeks because we decided to live together during this self-quarantine period because we're each single moms and we each have two kids. And so we decided to be co-parents with each other and parent our, all of our kids and help them do school and work and do all those things together, which is a huge blessing. I mean, talk about gratitude. I'm so happy every, every night when I go to sleep, that's definitely on my list. And so um, because I'm at her house, I don't have, I flew here, so I didn't have a car. So I was borrowing her car and I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll fill her car up just to be nice. And my kids were with me. So I was being a good example to my kids about, you know, if you borrow something from someone, you always do a nice thing. So I filled it up with premium gas. And then I drove about a mile and the car started acting really funny and all of a sudden wouldn't work at all. So I had to pull over on the side of the highway on ramp. And I got out of the car and walked around to try to figure out what was going on. And I saw the sticker on the back that reminded me that it was a diesel. So I put regular fuel in a diesel engine. No. I know. Oh my gosh. And the second I knew I did it, it was just like that sinking feeling of, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So I called, I have USAA triple a kind of insurance i called them and they said we'll send a tow truck don't drive the car but because of the covid 19 virus 
you can't ride in the car with the tow truck driver and it's 11 miles is the closest place that we can tow it. So um, my kids and I are just on the side of the highway (laughs) with all of our stuff waiting for this tow truck to come. Meanwhile, I call my sister who calls a friend to come and try to rescue us Mm -hmm. during these times when you're trying not to, you know, be together with people. So the tow truck guy comes and he tells me, Oh man, this happened to a friend of mine. He had to get an entire new engine. I cannot even imagine how much this is going to cost you. It's, you know, ridiculous. This is basically like, this is a huge mistake. So I just, at that point, just put my head down and sat on the grass on the side and just started crying. I was like, I can't believe I did this. This is such a huge mistake. It's going to cost so much money. And so I asked my kids, I don't even know what to do, you guys. And my kids are 12 and nine. I said, I don't even know what to do. I'm so upset. I mean, what could, what good could come of this? Can we think of anything to be grateful for? And my kids were like so excited about it immediately. And they said, mom, since we've been sitting here, five people have stopped. Now, keep in mind, this is during a pandemic where people aren't supposed to talk to you really or stop or help (laughs) you because of the close proximity we had five people stop and say, is there anything I can do for you? Do you have a phone? Do you want me to call someone? Can we call you a ride? I mean, total strangers going out of their way. They said the weather's nice. It could be raining. It could be cold. It was a beautiful day in South Carolina, nice and warm. Um, we're all together. Mm-hmm. One of them said, we have snacks, you know, for kids. That's <laughs> so We had snacks and all three of us were together. So they really, by the end of it, they really had me smiling. And it was, it's not like the problem went away. They just reminded me that we had all the things that really mattered and that the problem was with a car. And it's a problem that involves money, not a person or, you know, anything that we couldn't fix. So great. It was really great because it w- they really helped me. And this is something that I teach and think about all the time. So it's just proof that sometimes even when we intellectually know that we should think of things in a different way, or we should try to go straight to gratitude when you're in a panic type situation, your mind doesn't automatically go there. So it was just nice to know that they knew enough to do that. Right, right. That's amazing. Amazing. And obviously your example over the years has been a great force for them to be grateful people. At their young age. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Even though I'm sure you might know this with your own children, they're always like, oh, mom, with the positive attitude and the gratitude all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently that gets annoying, but whatever. I'm still keeping it up. They can't make yes. me stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's good for you and you know what's good for them. You really do. That's right. For sure. That's right. So such a great story. So not only is it a great story with a tiny bit of embarrassment built in and fun, it also turns out good and is wrapped with actual gratitude inside of it. So, so great. So great. Yes, for I sure. I love that. And so um, I was going to say to you, you, you have this idea that you, you're trying to get good at yoga. Is that a real thing for you? Yes. Yes, it is. Because I am a recovering type A perfectionist overachiever. So let me take out my magic wand. Um, When you go to yoga class, where do you, what kind of yoga do you practice? Hot yoga. Okay. So hot yoga. And how often do you go? Feel free to lie. I know I go once a week on Fridays. I really miss it. Okay. And so, um, when you go once a week on Fridays, 
What about this experience makes you think you're not good at it? Well, here's the great thing. When I first started, I've always wanted to try a hot yoga class, Mm -hmm. but I'm always hot period. Been like that my whole life and I've never been flexible. So I was always just like, there's no way I can do that. It's going to be way too hot for me. I'm not flexible. I won't be able to do any of the poses. And I, I talked myself out of it for years. And then, you know, once I became a life coach and was telling other people to look at their thoughts about a situation and be open to new things, I thought, oh, geez, I'm going to have to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I went into it knowing that it was going to be really uncomfortable for me to not be good at it and, you know, not automatically be like a great yogi, meaning can do all the moves perfect. I mean, there are people in my class who, when I watch them, it is like a thing of beauty. I absolutely love watching people who are amazing at the poses. They inspire me. So I went knowing that I was not going to be that student in there as a growth opportunity. And I got to say, I really love it. So I'm inspired to go back to get better at it. Not because I feel like, oh, I shouldn't go if I'm not good, but I'm inspired to keep trying. It's something that's hard for me. It doesn't come naturally to me. But I really friend inside of all this, there's a myth. There's a myth living inside of all of this. There is no such thing as being good at yoga. What? Um, this is true. You're good at yoga? No. Nope, I've seen you. <laughs> see, okay, but so in yoga, we have, rule number one, we need to remove judgment. Remove expectation, right? So remove all these things, remove competition. So your type A is rolling over into this space and it's allowing you to still be competing with people who aren't even competing with you, right? I want to be as good as the chick over on that mat over there in that, uh, you know, crow pose or whatever, right? And so at the end of the day, we remove all those things and we are in our own space. All you have to do to be quote unquote good at yoga is to just continue to show up that you do every week and continue to breathe. So you get there and you breathe. I had a student once uh, years back when I was still in Georgia who had fibromyalgia and she would come and she would just breathe with us. She was showing up. She was doing her absolute best. She would move when she could and she would breathe with us. And to have community and to stay and be inside of the challenge for her was perfection in motion. And so for you, the perfection is the showing up perfection, not in the traditional sense of the word, but it's the showing up. It's perfect for you because you are showing up for yourself, consistently being inside of the breath and challenging your body to move to new places. Does yes. That <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So does this mean that I can say that I'm good at yoga or I can't be good or bad at yoga? I just have to be neutral at yoga. <laughs> well, here's a question. Maybe changing your semantics here. How do you feel about yoga? I think you said a moment ago, you loved it. I do. So that's the best thing to say about it. I love yoga. I love yoga. I do. It's true. When I say that, it feels very true. And yoga loves you. (laughs) (laughs) It does, because otherwise you wouldn't keep coming back because it wouldn't continue to feel good, right? So we stay yoked to our breath throughout the poses so that we do not become injured. And then we can come back again and again and enjoy that yoking of body, mind, and spirit. And so good schmud, there's no such thing. 
I love it. <laughs> that feels so good to me. I just, just yesterday was listing all the things that I want to do when we can go back out in public again. Number one was hug my mom and dad, but right after that was hot yoga. I can't wait to go Yay. back to hot <laughs> yoga. Yes. I know you can do yoga online and I saw yours this morning. Actually, great job on keeping that up and that <laughs> opportunity for everyone. Um, but there's something special about being in a room like that. Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. Um, I teach a couple of warm classes here in Indianapolis. And and also, so the warmth is fun, but the being present, being in the same space is huge. It's, it's huge. Yes. Yeah. And it feels very supportive and non-judgmental, even though we don't talk to each other. Right. It's It's very strange, but it's also when you're a person who can start moving into sort of the idea of energies. Um, so, and I'll keep it really simple for folks who are listening, who would be scratching their head at that first topic, even energies. What do you mean energies? Um, well, so have you ever walked into a room where someone just had a major argument and you didn't really know it, but you found out later, but when you walked into that room, you could feel that the energy of the room or the space was odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a real thing. So there's these energies that happen. And when we're in a room full of people who are all working within their own intention, and usually those intentions are love and peace and joy and hope and flexibility and openness, it's nearly impossible not to find some nutritive experience there. Yeah. That's so interesting. I never thought about everyone else's intention you know, being shared with me like that. That is so, such a great point. I love thinking about that. You're soaking it up. And then the cool part too is, is if you've ever practiced, which I'm sure you have at some point to my listeners, if you haven't practiced, I have one of these on my YouTube page, um, a loving kindness meditation. We can, from right where we are right now in pandemic mode, we can practice a loving kindness meditation that connects ourselves to others in the world and offers them the loving kindness from our own heart. And it's, it's pretty, it's very healing because we go through stages where we offer it to ourselves and others. And then we open our um, attention out to include the whole world. And it's really uh, connective. Even I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. So where is that? on your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel, yes. Uh, we'll put the link to it in the um, comments and we'll put the link to your, um, it's called a website. That's the word I'm looking for. We'll put a <laughs> link to your website there as well. And then um, everybody can enjoy it. Okay. okay, wonderful. That sounds great. Michelle, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I so appreciate talking with you about how gratitude is working in your life. I so appreciate being on your show with you. And I have to say the very first time I met you in person, I met you in person the first time I could totally tell that you had that energy about you too. Just gratitude and calm and all the things. You're, all you're just wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle. Hopefully we'll be able to see each other in real space someday again. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me. Full day. Thanks. You too. As we wrap up this episode, I'd love to leave you with a thought from Viktor Frankl. He was a psychologist, a neurologist, and a Holocaust survivor. He felt that it was one of the last of human freedoms to have the ability to choose one's attitude, especially an attitude of gratitude in a given set of circumstances. 
So we can all choose almost all the time what our own attitude is. So let's practice now this attitude or this gratitude stance that we practice here together. So feel into your foundation, whether you're sitting down or standing up. Breathe in and out through your nose. And bring to mind something that you're grateful for. Appreciate it deeply. Continue to breathe it in and out. In and out. Now, notice how you feel. Notice if there's any shift in your energy now that you've practiced just a little bit of gratitude. Well, for more, visit my website, lauribisser.com, where you can get more information about life coaching with me. You can read my blog and download a free guided meditation to increase your creativity as well as your connectivity to yourself and others. You can become more present to your experience of this one wild and precious life. Also, check out my YouTube channel for yoga classes and meditations that you can enjoy at home anytime. Offer me some love for my gratitude work by leaving me a five-star review on iTunes so that I can keep going with you on this gratitude journey. Thank you for joining me today. I am grateful for you.